I lost my job. Now what? Today's topic is dealing with the loss of income, whether it's because you lost your job, you went through a divorce, or because you're temporarily out of work due to the coronavirus lockdown. I've said it before, but it's more important than ever to come up with ideas to keep the economy going and to start investing. But in order to do any of those, you first need to get your cash flow running. My guest today is the amazing Natalie Hudson, who's someone who's been through it all and has come out of it stronger every single time. She's been through the shame, the guilt, the feeling like a failure, and has turned it into success, wealth, and health. Before we get started, I'd love to hear from you. Have you ever lost your job or an income? Go down to the comment section and let me know. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Kiana Danielle. I'm the founder of the Invest Diva Movement, a tribe of proactive moms who want to create a better life for themselves and for their kids too. We don't just rely on our husbands, the bank, or money managers to determine our financial future. We take control of our money because we know that things can simply change in a blink of an eye and our financial independence is essential, not just for us, but for our children and their kids to come too. I publish new videos every single day, so make sure you click on that subscribe button so you never miss out on a future episode. Now let's go say hi to Natalie Hudson and get the movement going. Like your story is one of the most mind blowing. Like I was just reading, I'm like, oh my God, I was like in tears. It's just so <laughs> vulnerable. And you have just, you have gone through so much since childhood, but I mean, it didn't end here and there. And you've like, just like continued to just fall down and then stand back up and fall and stand back up. And it's just, and that's why you're just so amazing at what you do. And today I really wanted to talk to you about, cause I know that you've gone through a divorce Mm -hmm. And you know what it is to suddenly lose an income and how to cope with it. So, and I think at this time, a lot of people have lost their jobs, even if they're not going through a divorce, they're just kind of feeling that hit. And uh, I would love to hear from you how you cope with it then, how you're telling your students and your, your people to cope with it now. So let's get started. Yeah. Well, thank you first off for having me on so much. I'm super excited to dive into all these topics and I, you know, I have a heart to serve and I believe that we go through the experiences we go through for a reason and I'm happy to, you know, share my own stories and my own experiences and, you know, for the hope that maybe it can help somebody else who's struggling or feeling in a, you know, a similar way. So, um, so yeah, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. No, of course. And people, if you if you don't know Natalie's story, like her origin story is just, I'm going to add a link to it in the comments here. Like you got to read it. You're going to, you got to be in tears. So be So yeah. So uh, tell us, tell us how, like what happened? Where do you uh, find yourself after the divorce and how did you bounce back from that? Yeah. So I think I'm really glad we're talking about this right now because I think there's so many people who right now might be feeling a little bit afraid of, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now. And especially if you've had loss of income, that can be a really scary feeling. Um, and I've gone through that before and in a different fashion, but I remember 
what that feels like. So I won't go into my whole backstory, but just so you guys listening, um, just a brief overview is when I was, uh, when I was growing up, I'm the oldest of 10 kids actually. And my mom was in and out of prison for a lot of my life. And so we grew up really poor and, then the last time she got sent to prison, um, she actually, we look a lot alike. So she actually stole my identity and wrote like $20,000 in bad checks, almost 30,000 actually in my name. And so it was this really bad deal where I had to, um, testify against my own mom and, and it, because of the way we grew up and I think because anytime she got in trouble was around where it was usually around money issues. Um, I had a really I wouldn't say I had a good money mindset, you know, kind of sub subconsciously what I had to learn later in life is that in my head, I thought making money meant illegal activity. Right. And so, and then secondly, the voice, the story I was telling myself about myself was I was just this poor girl from small town, Idaho that, you know, and I, and I didn't think that all the time, but those, that negative voice was always creeping back in. And so, um, I was like most people. I went, I thought the only way to break the cycle was to go to college. So I just took out tons of loans and I just thought that's the only way to break the cycle. Well, you know, it's kind of normal. Like everybody takes out loans to go to school until all of a sudden I got married really young. I was 19 and, um, all of a sudden between both our undergrads and then my ex-husband's grad school, we had $170,000 in student loan debt. And we were just taking, when we were in school, you know, it's like, okay, we're just taking out loans. We're just taking out loans. And then all of a sudden we get, my ex-husband graduated, that deferral period was up and we were getting, I mean, we were drowning in student loan debt. And so we worked really hard over the years to, to, we, you know, lived on the tightest, teeniest, tiniest budget you could possibly imagine. And I took on every single side job you could imagine. I was mowing lawns at one point. In fact, I have a picture of me with my two-year-old on my back, like mowing a lawn. I was babysitting and, and I had a college degree, but I wanted to be at home. And so, um, so then, uh, fast forward a few years and, uh, I went through a divorce and it was, I vividly remember the day I was sitting on my couch and I was just running this tiny little townhome. This was about five years ago. And I looked down I pulled up my Wells Fargo app and I was looking at the app and I realized I had like three months of rent left in my checking account and almost no income coming in because the way we, the divorce worked, that's how we did it. And, um, I, it was a scary feeling. And I remember thinking, I remember I had a lot of shame. I looked over at my two little kids who were two and five at the time. And I had a lot of shame feeling like, how was I going to provide for my kids? And, um, a lot of fear. And I think that might be something that a lot of people are wrestling with right now is, you know, I, how am I going to provide for my family? What, what can I do? And so my head, my back was up against the wall. I was in a corner. I was like, Hey, Natalie, you got to figure this out. And I knew I probably could have gone and, and gotten a traditional job, but I, I had this, I don't even know how to describe it. I just had this passion inside of me. I knew that I had this gift to help people. I had a heart to serve. I just didn't know how to make money off of it. And so that's when I really, um, and I had been a blogger for a while, so I had built an audience, but that's when I really started to understand the power of um, internet marketing. And I started creating uh, digital products. So eBooks, membership sites, courses. I started with just one eBook though. And what I always tell people is, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, what would I even create something on? And a lot of times I say, well, what are the things that people 
naturally ask you questions about, right? Like I have a gal <laughs> who I work with and she was just really good at organizing pantries. And I was like, that's your thing. If that's what all your friends and your family are coming to, I was like, I would pay for something. If you saw my pantry right now, most people would be like, oh, Natalie, <laughs> it's really bad, right? And so if I had an easy to follow system and um, anyways, I, uh, I kind of just really geeked out on internet marketing and I threw myself into it and um, I wrote an ebook uh, that helps women if they had two 10 pound babies. And I partnered with a doctor to create a program um, called Apps Core Pelvic Floor that helps women. A lot of times moms, you have a two-year-old, so you probably, you know, we always, I always just joke about this, that when you laugh, cough, sneeze, jump on a trampoline, you'll accidentally pee your pants a little bit. Well, that issue can actually be improved. And so I partnered with a doctor. We wrote an ebook and, um, you know, it was sometimes I, sometimes I get a little uncomfortable throwing numbers out right at the beginning, but I think it's also important to see what can happen. And, uh, we launched that ebook and four months later we had sold over a million dollars of this $37 ebook. And so I think, um, you know, there is a lot of possibility out there in the online world. And I think for a lot of us right now, working from home, that's, um, something that a lot of people maybe wouldn't have considered in the past, but could now. And so I think, so that's kind of big picture, right? Now let's bring it down to the nitty gritty. And I think what happens a lot of times is when we start to feel afraid, we start to clam up, right? And we start to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. So I'm just not going to do anything. In fact, I call it the three P's. So I always joke, I'm a, I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? So there's a lot of us fall into this trap of the three P's. So there's perfectionism, procrastination, because if I can't be perfect, I can't do it at all. And then paralyzation. And so what I encourage people to do is just scale it way back. And my, you know, I know a lot of the stuff I, I encourage people is different than some of the big gurus out there who say like, shoot for the moon. Cause even if you miss, you'll hit the stars, you know? And my thing is that's great to have a long-term vision, but let's also figure out ways we can give ourselves small wins every day and momentum. And so I encourage people to break things into teeny tiny little micro goals, like tiny, and it will feel weird at first. Um, but what the goal, what the purpose is, is, and I tell people, write it on a whiteboard or a piece of printer paper so you see it. And then when you get it done, put a big red check mark next to it. And what it does is it teaches you, it rewires your brain to learn that I can say I'm going to do something and then actually do it. And um, then as you're going through your, uh, your micro goals, when you're stuck in those three Ps, I focus on good, better, best. Right. And I'm constantly, even now today, like I'm, I'm constantly repeating that mantra to myself because a lot of times what happens is we think we have to do everything best, right? Perfectionism yeah. mentality. And so if we can't do it best, how many times, you know, you guys listening, have you said, okay, I screwed up my diet or I screwed up my budget. I'm just going to start again on Monday, right? Like Monday itis. And so what I encourage people to do is say, okay, if you're looking at a situation, it can't do best, let's just focus on good. If I can't do good, let's focus on better. And so what you do is you give yourself permission to scale things down according to your situation. And, um, and then you, that way you still get it done. So you're teaching yourself that I can say, I'm going to do something and then actually do it. So, right, so this kind of a long-winded not... story there, but I think, um, I think a lot of us right now, especially are like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to numb out by putting on Netflix or Tiger King or something, you know? And um, I think more importantly is to assess the situation, 
um, be realistic about where you're at and then come up with a, with a micro goal game plan. 100%. And this like literally goes into any kind of goal, obviously. And we're talking about finances, but I was talking actually to Hannah Kilga and she was saying like any mom, like we don't have the capacity of, uh, we tend to feel like a failure if we can't really mm -hmm. accomplish something that we set ourselves to do. And then we feel paralyzed. And right now this is more important than ever because we have the kids in the house. Like you have your two kids, seven and 10 in the house. You can just come in and you're like, Oh my God, I'm going to be on the, like, if you don't have that reward in your brain and saying, okay, I made something happen today. I actually accomplished one of the goals. Then you might actually feel like a failure, failure for the rest of the day. And that's the reason why this tiny actually rewarding yourself for accomplished accomplishing small goals helps mm -hmm. you getting to that um, bigger financial goal or any other goal easier. Exactly. Right. So yep, exactly. I want to get back to the online marketing uh, and online business a little bit, because even though I'm an investing field um, and I do believe that this is the best time to actually start learning about investing so that you are prepared for when the markets bottom out, you're actually going to go all in. Even if you're investing right now, there's a lot of opportunity, but you obviously need to have that cash first. Like mm -hmm. before, like two months ago, my job was a lot easier because people had a cash flow coming in and they were investing it. And I was empowering them to invest and make that work for them. But now we have to actually get the cash part under control. So um, I've been talking about, you know, what Russell talks about. And I feel like you said everything is programmable. Is that, are you a follower of Marie Forleo as well? Yeah. And you know, I've said that for years and then she titled that her book. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's I know. Crazy. I know. It's amazing. I actually like every day at 9 PM, I have a note that pops on my phone. It says everything is programmable because I know sometimes like by you actually you kind of look like Marie Forleo. It's funny, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> the hair. Yeah. No, but she lives in New York. But yeah, so I was like, it's actually such a powerful thing because by 8.30, if I haven't figured everything out in my day, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm like, oh, okay. The note pops up like that the best time. I'm like, oh, okay. Everything's figured out. Well, I'm going to figure it out tomorrow. But let's get back to the um, online marketing. So you started out blogging and then created a course. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're just basically saying, and that's, I mean, what I did too, but like my niche is like investment. We're like, oh my God, I have to be an investor. Oh my God, I have to be this. Oh my God, I have to be that. Can you just throw in some few examples so mm -hmm. that we can wrap this session up so mm -hmm. that people who can't think outside the box have something yeah. there for that? Like think about someone who was just doing corporate work and mm -hmm. like she thinks that that's all that there can be. Just yeah. ideas. So I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people helping them get their online businesses set up. And the first thing that I encourage people to do is say, okay, what are the things people already come to me and ask me questions about? And to you, they might not seem that big of a deal. You're like, yeah, that's easy for me. Um, for example, there's a guy in our, in our, uh, peak business Academy and he, I love gardening. I have a huge garden, raised bed garden in my backyard. And that's how we met. And he likes, it was a hobby of his. He likes building backyard chicken coops. And I said, that's your thing. I said, I guarantee you there's a lot of people that want backyard chickens, but they don't know where to start. And so he wrote an ebook teaching people because he and his brother just like to build backyard chicken coops. They put that knowledge that was in their head into an ebook and they're selling over a hundred thousand dollars a year of ebooks, just teaching people how to build chicken coops. And it's on autopilot. Like they put the work in at the beginning and now 
they sell on pretty much on autopilot a couple hours a week. Um, we have another gal who, uh, she was a P she is a PA. She's a, a physician's assistant. And now she's actually considering actually going back into the field just to help right now. But, um, she didn't, she didn't like the, you know, she had to get her kids up in the morning, take them to daycare, work a nine to five, drive back, pick the kids up. I mean, it, her, it was really hard for her to manage it. And she thought, how can I get into the online world? And so what she did is she started, um, she had no social media following at all. And she just started sharing tips, study questions for students preparing for the PA exam. She put the, she put the questions and the answers on an Instagram post. And within like four months, she had grown a following of 20,000 followers of PA students. And then what she did is she wrote an ebook compiling all the information to help PA students prepare for a PA exam. She wasn't a teacher or a college professor. She was just a PA herself that was trying to help other people who had struggled with some of the things that she was struggling with, you know, preparing for the exam. Um, we have another gal in our group who, this, this is a really cool one. She was a CNA uh, and very similarly, she loved her patients, but she got frustrated with the corporate environment and all the red, you know, the tape she had to go through. And so she created a program. It started with an ebook and now she has a course where she helps elderly people prevent falls actually. And so there's things that you can do to prevent falling because what happens in a lot of cases is, um, and I'm not an expert on elderly falling, but, uh, they'll fall and then, you know, they might break a hip or, uh, do something that requires surgery that can cause, uh, you know, other problems. And so her thing is, how can we prevent that? And so she created a whole ebook and a course around it. Um, and so what I tell people, and this is where my angle is a little bit unique. Um, I encourage people. So one of the things that I believe in my bone, you know, in my heart is I learned this. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. And once you own your story, those stories no longer have power over you. And so what I tell people to do is take a look at the things people are naturally asking you questions about. Could be organizing pantries. It could be living on a budget or investing. And then um, what you do is whatever that topic is, write out a big list of people's pain points around that topic. So, and I don't mean physical pain necessarily, like mine was peeing, peeing your pants that sometimes can be painful or embarrassing. But what I mean is um, like their pain points, like what don't they, what are they struggling with in that area? And, and just do a brain dump, take out a notebook or a whiteboard and just think of every possible thing that you're, person that you could be helping might be struggling with. Um, and then what I do is I encourage people to write out what I call an arsenal of stories. And Russell Brunson actually talks about this, um, but I take it a little bit further and I say, okay, what are stories, things that I have gone through in my own life that I can tell that will relate to this pain point, that will relate to this pain point. And so then what you do is you figure out ways in your social media and your marketing that you can start sharing your stories. And what it does is it creates that trust factor with your potential future audience where they're all of a sudden they're like, Oh my gosh, I've thought those things, but I'm like, I'm not willing to talk about it. And so it gets people to listen and pay attention to you. And then what you do, and I have a whole process for it where you kind of show yourself some grace, take responsibility, and then give a solution of how to work through it. So what happens is your audience is or, or potential future audiences saying, oh my gosh, she's saying all the things that I'm thinking in my head, but I wouldn't ever say out loud. And if she worked through it or she's working through it right now, maybe I could too. And so it builds, it's like, um, it's like uh, pouring gasoline on a fire. If you, if you can connect authentically with your audience like that, 
they'll start to trust you. And when people trust you, they'll buy from you if you have a good product that, that really fixes a problem. And so um, that's kind of where I encourage people to start. And then and then from there, the, oil, the world's your oyster. I love creating digital products because you don't have to deal with overhead or shipping. And you could do eBooks, challenges, membership sites, courses. There's, there's so many fun things you can do in the online space. Yeah, 100%. So the key is basically actually understand the audience, ex fixing the problem that we're facing right now. And a lot of people are having a lot of problems right now. So with the coronavirus, there is this cycle that first you're like in disbelief, you're like blaming and angry, and then you're all paralyzed and you're like confused. And then you get into acceptance and problem solving. So once you get to the problem solving part, that is when you can actually not only help other people, but help yourself financially and actually get this economic cycle back on track. Because right now, the problem that we're having is half of the economy is paralyzed. And it is super important that we keep it going. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, why are you charging me right now to teach me this? Why are you getting me? And I, I actually made a video about this yesterday too. And I want you to understand that it is absolutely important that you charge people. And it is absolutely important that we keep the economy going. Otherwise, the economy is actually going to collapse. It is your duty to pay. It is your duty to charge because mm -hmm. otherwise we are not going to get out of this. It's going to take years and years and years to recover. The best thing you can do is to create other opportunities and, you know, get the economy going. Th again, thank you so much, Natalie. These were like really nuggets of wisdom. I would love to have you back. And we're going to talk about, you know, finding your identity because I know you've, uh, you've talked, you have so many stories that you can uh, help our audience with. So uh, in our next episode, we're going to tune in. We're going to talk about a, a other bunch of things. So make sure you subscribe today. You like this video, you share this with anybody who's in need of, and you know, income ASAP. Share it. I'm going to also add some links in the description of the video so that you can download Natalie's and some other resources so they can get started fast. Again, thanks again, Natalie, and I'll see you in the next episode. Da da da.